0: Hi, I'm Shane Bacon. We've got a new golf podcast called Get a Grip with Max Homan and Shane Bacon. Max spends his days on the PGA Tour, and he'll share many first-time journeys on our show all season long. You can find Get a Grip with Max Homan and Shane Bacon on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: If you talk to a fitness person, when I lost a weight, I was like, well, I just started eating more and lifting heavy. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, no, people right. don't know that. Like right. people think do your cardio, watch your calories. So I was barely eating, doing my cardio, thinking calories in versus calories out. I'm burning. I'm going to lose weight. I wasn't that hungry because my metabolism shut off.
0: Hey, everyone. Jeff St. Pierre here, and thank you so much for checking out the Be More Well podcast. This is episode four, and I'm really excited for our guest today. I can't wait to bring her in here. But before we get into that, if this is your first time listening, thank you. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to join us on our journey. The Be More Well podcast follows my journey to finding wellness. Throughout the process, I bring in people that I've met along the way to share their experiences with hopes that something here will work for you and help you find your own personal wellness. Please click subscribe so you can be up to date with all future episodes of the podcast. And, you know, don't hesitate to check out the old ones too if you haven't heard those yet. Also, follow us on social media on Instagram, we're just at Be More Well Podcast, and on Twitter, it's at Be More Well. Okay. On to this episode. As I just said, this podcast is going to take you on my journey to finding wellness. And one way that I do that is by talking to other people that have found things that have worked for them. I guess you could say that I steal their ideas, but it's all for a good common purpose, right? So it's okay. Uh, today's guest is a woman who struggled for many years of her life. She was an athlete when she was younger, but became obsessed with her weight. That led to eating disorders and some other problems with her health. But she finally figured out what works best for her, and now she's the happiest and healthiest that she's ever been. She tells her story in the new book Squats and Margaritas. Her name is Erin Washington, and it's just a pleasure to have her here right here in the studio. Erin, thank you so so much for coming by.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Uh, congratulations on this, like book. That's that's huge. Thank you. Um, the fact that I'm sitting here talking on the radio about my book is insane. Um, I mean, it's just me. Don't get too excited. I, <laughs> but I never. I didn't go to school to be a writer. Yeah. Um, I just enjoy writing and felt like I have something to say. And people out there, if you have a story, tell it. Um, it's possible. I'm sitting here. 10 months after I started writing it, holding my book. So, thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you never thought author would be on the
0: resume never. at some point in time. But no. you've written for other things, too. Like, you've been, uh, you've added things to different blogs and all yeah, that. Yeah.
1: At 36, um, I just started blogging, um, Just really just talking about life with my daughter. Yeah. And it wasn't anything fitness-related. Um, and then I started writing. Um, I got picked up by Scary Mommy a couple times, yeah. which was my favorite, like, mom blog. <laughs> and then kind of just – I wasn't even really in that great shape yet when I was doing – My blog, I got in the best shape of my life after having my second son at 38 and started writing fitness just to share the formula Mm -hmm. with all the women that have been struggling and feeling like they're doing all the right things and not seeing results. Um, I found a better way to do it. Um, It's not the way that we're taught as women. And I need to share that with, I wish I would have read this, you know, 10 (laughs) years ago when I was just doing my cardio and not losing weight. I found a different formula and I, I needed to write a book to share that.
0: Oh, well, We're going to dive more into that here because I, I want to get a little background about you first yeah. uh, before we get into this revelation that you had and more about the book. Uh, but I do have to admit one thing that I think is kind of funny. Uh, I was doing some research on you before the interview here and I was following you on social media and checking things out and you're often in athletic attire and my wife walks by and she's like, What the hell are you looking at? It's like, I swear to God, this is for work. This is
1: for work. I am constantly in, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, My hair is usually in a bun. I I have two toddlers. So I put on athletic attire to go work out. And then I shower and put on athletic attire again, like not to work out, just like for life. And it's just
0: like mom life. I mean, I how amazing it. is it though that it's like fashionable to wear yeah, athletic attire? Like exactly. it's okay to wear that anywhere it, you go. It now. is.
1: I'm lucky because that's all I wear. I have
0: <laughs> this weird thing too with with Instagram, especially if my wife is within sight of my phone. Every time I open Instagram, it's a bikini picture. But it's not even like it's like a weird person <laughs> mm-hmm, I'm following. Sure. It's like our neighbor or like our trainer or somebody that's like totally normal. Somebody's that, setting
1: like, you up. I can't stop it. <laughs> right. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's not my fault. I don't know what to say about that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a whole different yeah, conversation that's a whole different that we podcast. have to have. So back to squats and margaritas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's talk about this title in particular because squats and margaritas, two very different things. Mm-hmm. Where do you come from with this title?
1: You need both. It's, yeah. it's balance. Squats and margaritas represents balance. I work hard. I also enjoy my life. Yeah. And for so long, I restricted. I didn't let myself have cocktails. I was basically, I cut out carbohydrates. I went through a lot. Um, a lot. Of, I had a serious eating disorder. I found balance, which was the working out, Mm -hmm. but also enjoying my life having a cocktail and again later in life. And that's when I finally lost the weight. I stopped obsessing and making it such a – like food was such an obsession for me. I would think about like meals and times and calorie counting. And now I eat when I'm hungry. I have a cocktail. If I have a cocktail, maybe I won't have the cookie that I have to have every morning with my You pick coffee. and choose. Yeah, yeah, you balance it. And if I really want the cookie, then I don't have a cocktail. If you and I met for a drink at happy hour and I had it, my IPA, our IPA that we left, like, <laughs> I wouldn't go home and have one at dinner. Yeah. So it's just you can't cut out the thing that you want because if you allow yourself to have it, you're going to stay with this plan. It's just balance. If you cut it out, you're either A, going to be miserable or B, at some point, you're going to go to a party and have a beer or something. And then what happens is – uh, I had a beer. I failed on my plan. I'll just start over on Monday. Right. Therefore, allowing yourself the whole, whole weekend to just eat whatever you want because I'll start over on Monday. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, but if you allow for something, especially the thing that you like the most, which for me is a spicy margarita, and you know you can have it, then you'll eat clean and you'll stick with it, knowing you can have the margarita. You're not sad. You're not. You're yeah. enjoying <laughs> your life. You can have what you want, and maybe. Balance it out with something that you don't want as much. Like I always use the bread on the uh, a chicken sandwich. If I yeah. have that for lunch, it, I don't need the bun, but I would like some fries. So I have a few fries and I don't eat the bun. Yeah. What you want to have, have it. And just find a place to balance it or work out really hard that day and eat what you want. And it's just finding a place to balance it. So and, spots is, and margaritas is balance.
0: It's so important too. I mean, that that, yeah. that word balance is just such a big thing. Anytime, and know I'm not a doctor or anything, but uh whenever my friends talk about jumping on some new fad diet, I'm always like, that's great. And I hope that it works for you. But there is gonna come a point where you're not doing that anymore. So then what do you do? You know, like I, my friends that do like dry January, yep. for example. I mean, it's a great commendable thing if that's what you want to do and that gets you through your day. That's Awesome, but you start drinking again in February. So, whatever progress you make in that month and as excited as you are, it all goes away a few weeks later. So, why not just maybe cut back a little bit or find a little bit better balance, as you said?
1: Diets aren't sustainable. Yeah. Um, I have a sister that every, she doesn't do a dry January. Well, it ends up being a dry January because they do this cleanse every January. Sure. And I feel like they go off the rails in December because they know in January they're going to do this cleanse. And then I want to be like, and what happens in February? It's going to, work back into your life. You're going to have alcohol again. Like you're, you can't restrict mm-hmm. and diets. It's not something you can sustain like longer than a month because you're not going to stay with it. And then the weight's just going to come back on. If you yeah. balance is sustainable. So if you just, it's a lifestyle change, it's not a quick fix, uh, cleanse or, you know, dry January. I mean, it's great to start resolutions. This Not only is this a new year, it's a new decade. Yeah. So yes, like you want to start out, maybe it, it could be a kickstart to a healthier lifestyle, mm. but Living that way is not sustainable, and you're not going to be happy. Right. I finally am enjoying my life. That's awesome. When I was dieting and you know going through a serious eating disorder, like I was so unhappy. Now I just I don't obsess about it as much. I eat what I want. I eat when I'm hungry. I respect fullness, as I say. You, I check in with myself, and I'm just a happier person. It's a sustainable lifestyle.
0: So you've hinted at a few things from your past uh, just in our few minutes of talking to each other. But take me back a little bit. What was young Aaron Washington all about?
1: Obsessed with soccer. Okay. Um, Since I was four, I played soccer, and I'm a firstborn. I've studied a lot of uh, stuff about eating disorders, personality types, um, birth order. Mm -hmm. I'm a firstborn type A perfectionist, and I would obsess over things, and soccer my, I have three younger sisters, and, I mean, they, like, trained for soccer, but it was kind of like, you know, whatever. I trained year-round, mm-hmm. obsessed with doing well in soccer. So in high school, um, I was a captain. Uh, we were back-to-back state champions. I like, had all the success um, and then ended up playing Division one soccer in college. And with my obsessive personality, as much as I trained, you know, as much as I was putting into it, I wasn't seeing a lot of playing time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, looking back on it now, I was a freshman, like, But he was playing other freshmen. And I I found out that I have a problem with fairness. I felt like it wasn't fair. (laughs) Like, I was working hard. I was contributing in practice. I wasn't playing. I quit soccer. And I didn't realize until writing this book how much of an effect losing that soccer identity had on me. Like, at the time— It's the
0: thing that you've done for so long. Where are you going to college?
1: I would be like, oh, for soccer. It was always for soccer. Oh, soccer. And all of a sudden, I wasn't going to the— like the soccer buildings anymore for meetings. I was going to like the student rec center. Like I couldn't go work out where I used to. I was a sure. regular student and it had a profound effect on me and everything spiraled downward as soon as I lost that identity of soccer and it happened my end of my sophomore year in college. So that started a cycle of I don't I mean I definitely was depressed. I don't know if it was diagnosed, but I had depression. Yeah. Um and a serious, serious eating disorder. I talk more about it on, um in the book. I had yeah. a couple of different ones. It was always just like a fixating on food in all types of ways, um, looking at food in an unhealthy way, um, trying to work out more to kind of balance the terrible stuff that I was doing to my body. Yeah. Now, and in the
0: book, you talked that that started earlier too. I mean, it wasn't just yeah. a result of you quitting so soccer. School, you were doing that in high school you're too. Exactly right. Yeah. In
1: high school, I was so obsessed with doing well in soccer. I, I actually, I started gaining weight my sophomore year. Like, women, like, around that time, they're like, yeah. yeah, they start gaining weight. And I was obsessive about losing it. And I was super, super skinny. And a, a coach actually, like, made a comment. He's like, your, your crosses aren't as strong. Like, you're not. And it kind of, like, got in my head. And instead of, like, figuring out, you know, this is hurting my soccer, I almost wanted to show him that I was fine. So I was training harder and just getting thinner. Like, I talk about the day of our state championship, I was standing on the scale and, happy, like unhappy with the weight, like my weight, instead of like, I'm about to go play in the state championship. Right.
0: That should be the focus and the excitement that's going on with that. Yeah.
1: And it's a mental, it's a mental illness. It takes over your life. That's all you think about. You're thinking about like the calorie count of things. And it's, it's really sad. And a lot of people that are in it, it feels so hard to get out of it, but finally like when i was eight, i found love i found yeah. something else to focus my obsessive nature on and <laughs> he's like and, thank you yeah, <laughs> thank you for yeah. this now <laughs> i just bother my husband all day no i um but it was when i lost my soccer identity and that thing that i focused on the most that's when the eating disorder happened because it was like i didn't have anything else to like control and focus all my attention on and that's in without something else like that's it kind of bred this serious issue that i dealt with as soon as i had you know, now I have like my kids, my husband. And during that time, I felt like I didn't have anything. I didn't have soccer, which was the most important thing to me. And I just downward spiral tanked.
0: Have you ever talked to anybody, I, the book sounds like it was very therapeutic for you in a lot of ways to write all this stuff down and really look back at your life, but have you ever talked to anybody to to maybe see of like why at such a young age your brain went to that direction where you're like, I have to work out, I can't put these calories on because I, I feel like, I don't really know how to even no, word it, but I, I just it, it it just seemed to happen to you so naturally that I just wonder why, like why I,
1: was... For all the stuff that I've studied, I think it's my personality. There, It's definitely... Um, a genetic, like there was traits that I lifted in the book. It's like obsessive thinking. Yeah, Um, You're very sensitive to reward and punishment to this day. Like if I'm in a workout class and the instructor's like, Hey, like no talking, like for the rest of the class, I'm like, Oh, like I get, I got in trouble. trouble. Like I, it still bothers me as a 38 year old woman. (laughs) My sisters are like, they, none of them have this. So I feel like birth order is a lot of it. Um, My personality was so susceptible to an eating disorder, perfectionism, obsessive thinking, sensitivity to reward, like all, I have all of the things. Mm -hmm. So I, it's just my personality type was like open to it, especially like at a young age, like 16. Well, you're impressionable. impressionable, Yep. But the thing is like, it's so sad. I have a daughter. I think about it now. Like I, this happened to me when we didn't have social media. Yeah. So I'm, what she's going to have to deal with. It just makes me, I'm so scared for her. Like the things that she's going to have to see and like, just, I don't know. It's, I really hope because she's the firstborn. That's something else that I'm concerned about because it is a genetic trait that it's something that she'll have to deal with too. And so I watch what I say around her because <laughs> if your personality is susceptible to it, like it's, it's really hard for it yeah. not to happen. I tell my friends, like when there's like, my daughter is obsessed with soccer and I'm like, watch that. Like she's very like she's a perfectionist because it can turn into a positive thing can turn into a scary thing.
0: Yeah. It's not necessarily a negative thing to have someone that's focused and determined to be the best. It can go too far. You got to be careful on that. Yeah. I totally see what you're saying. Exactly. I do want to ask you one more high school question and then we can move on to future stuff. Did people seriously boo you when you were named prom queen? <laughs>
1: Certain people, um, so like was, the way
0: you said it, it was like a resounding like boo. It was like
1: a group of girls. I was horrified <laughs> reading this well, part of the book. I was also homecoming queen, and they didn't like that. I said they, were, they weren't thrilled well, with the repeat it. performance. No, I'm just no, I, it. I didn't vote for myself. <laughs> like I didn't. I was as surprised like as they were, but because a few months later I was homecoming queen and then I was prom queen, they didn't really. I mean, I didn't like that. They're like, we so, get it. You're cool. Yeah. We get it. No, but I'm that's like, that's the person you have to watch. Like, yeah. I was homecoming queen. I was prom queen. I was captain of the soccer team. Like, everybody's like, oh, my God, how great you had everything together. Everything's like, perfect. Yeah. That It's perfectionism. Like, that person is probably struggling, and I'm going to watch that with my daughter. Like, I, I feel like I I know what to look for now after going through it, but somebody that looks like they have it all together, that, oh, my God, the homecoming queen, there's a song, I don't know if you listen to country music, Yeah. even the homecoming queen cries. I just started bawling in my car when that came on it's like why don't you let people in on the lie and i use that to promote to promote my book because no one had a clue how bad i was struggling and i honestly never thought i was going to tell that story my story i was writing a book to help women lose weight um find themselves after having kids and it was going to be about all my tips and then i got a writing coach and she kept every time she would read stuff she'd be like i don't what's happening here like this isn't making sense. Every time she was confused, it was because I was hiding my eating disorder. Yeah, and I would be like, "Oh well, we're not going to get into. I'm not. That's not something I'm going to get into. I'll rewrite it." And then finally, but it helped she was like, shape the story. Told she. I said yep. it out loud, and I was like, "Okay." And she took a beat, and then she said, "That's your book." Yeah, and I was like, "No, like no. My family doesn't know about it." Sat on it for a couple of days. In- instead of hiding it, I went to like describing in detail. How I did it and it was so like you said I never talked to somebody about these problems but it was so therapeutic to write it I almost feel like distance from it now like I can talk about it like that poor girl I'm not in it anymore yeah. And it's been 14 years and I feel like just now I could just say it out loud and talk about it maybe five years ago I wouldn't have I still would have taken it to my grave five years ago had it not been for this writing coach saying like trying to bring this out and i was like i don't she's like you need to tell your story so that people can see you've done all the diets you've struggled now tell them how to live with balance but like where i was to kind of find this life i told the story and half of the book is probably what a lot of people aren't going to be expecting from me but was so therapeutic to tell it
0: as a reader and not that you have to have an eating disorder to make something believable but as a reader. I believe your words so much harder because you told me your personal story. Yeah. Like you were, like you, just said, you were very open. Yeah, and it <laughs> yeah. sounds weird to say that, but no, like you yeah. were so open about it that yeah. when you start getting into your story, I'm like, this woman has been through it. Like she's been through the trenches. So if this is working for her, this is legit. Yeah. Like I buy into this now because I, n- I now know your story. Like Thank it's, uh, like, credibility is a good word. In that, I appreciate that. And a respect. lot
1: of people are like, my college roommates just got the book. I hid the eating disorder from all of them. They're like, are you kidding me? Like everybody's like, reaching out and it's been like, like such a good response but it's almost just like a cleansing now everybody knows I have nothing else to hide like I'm sure everyone every woman has a book in them yeah. everybody struggled with something and it just feels so good to just say it I'm sure a lot of people reading it are nodding their head like maybe they had the same situation yeah. and they're not going to tell somebody else maybe somebody's in it right now and I'm showing them that you can't come out on the other side I just felt like it was important to just put it all out there all my insecurities to show where I'm at now, you can come out on the other end and it's not too late because right. I'm 38, I have two kids and I feel like a lot of moms, you, obviously you put everything sure. into your kids but you're like, you're you like, know, uh, I'm, I'm already 38. Who cares if you're 38? Right. Like, redefine your, yourself this year, this decade, make yourself a priority and then you're a better mom, a better spouse, you're happier. When you're happy in your body, Nothing like gets you down anymore. Yeah. I was just mad all the time because I was heavier. I was twenty pounds heavier. Yeah, you didn't have answers for all no. the questions so that you had. So it was like yeah. all my anger would come out at my husband, at other things. Like I'd be short with my kids. But when you are happy in your body, you are just ha- you are a happier person. That's not looming over you anymore. You are happy in your body. I am just I am a better mom, like I said, a better spouse because I make myself a priority. It, it's not putting your kids second if you make yourself a priority. You are going to be a better mom to them. So balance has changed my life.
0: The book is called Squats and Margaritas. Uh, the dedication in your book really stood out to me. Uh, I'm just going to read it if yeah. you don't mind. No. Uh, to the woman who lost herself, you're not too old. It's not too late. You can change your life. And we were kind of just talking about that. Yeah. And it, it's so important, I think, for people to read that women and men. Like it, it's so important for people to to know that like there isn't a too late. In, right. I mean, like if you start today, it's not too late. Yeah. You know,
1: you matter too. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of. I, I'm glad that it's doing well with a man that you can understand because I was just thinking like the women that they lose themselves because they just it's mom guilt you just want to put everything in everybody else you know I'm a mom I can't go to the gym that just my kids are at home you matter too like that should have been the dedication like put something like put make no, back a to priority. the presses it's actually way better no uh, thank you I'm glad that that resonated with you yeah and
0: like you said I I do this book is obviously written for women but I, I do think as a man like if, if a man is listening right now and his wife or girlfriend or whoever yeah. has this if you read it I think you'll find a lot of important information I know the basis of me starting this podcast in general was because uh we're the same age I'm 38 as yeah. well uh when I was 35 you know I was running six to Seven half marathons a year. I was just getting, to me, I was getting into the best shape of my life. And then all of a sudden, everything just stopped working. Like I was tired all the time. I wasn't digesting food properly. I just felt miserable. I couldn't train. I couldn't do things. And, you know, the the weight gain started, the depression started, the dark days started all because of that. So I've been doing a lot of work trying to get back on track over the last year. And one of the big things that you talk about in your book is uh, strength training. You know, I I was a runner, like like you said. Yep. I was a runner and I was running all the time. You and I and thought, why am I putting on weight when I'm running eight miles a day? This is oh ridiculous.
1: And that's obsessive. And, eight and, miles a day. You gotta get in your eight miles. Yeah. It's a it's a mental shift to get get me to not do cardio when I did cardio seven days a week. Like I get that people are skeptical of it's not about cardio, it's strength training because I only did cardio but it's so true. and I was 20 pounds heavier because you don't sweat. Like when yeah, you go I for know. a run, I come home, like I'm sweating. I'm like, okay, I got a great workout with strength training. I mean, you sweat a little bit, but you kind of feel, I don't know. Like I, I think there's just a some stigma. days I walk
0: out thinking I didn't do anything. Yes, like I should go yes. back in for another half but an you hour. Did, like, like, but you did, Like
1: that, that is going to be so much more beneficial to you in so many ways. I have muscle tone and I never wanted to bulk up. So I wasn't lifting. I was just doing my cardio. I never had any muscle tone until I started lifting much heavier than I was. Yeah. The other thing is when you put muscle on your body, your metabolism spikes and you can eat, you're going to be hungry. So you eat all the time and you're not going to put on weight. When you were running eight miles a day, like how, how what was your eating?
0: Oh, like? uh, it, it probably wasn't good because especially towards the end. Um, so when this all kind of started for me, I was training for a period of four half marathons in a six week period. Wow. So I was really trying to bang because really I don't like running in the middle of summer. So I was trying to do a bunch in spring and then I do some in the fall too when it's a little bit nicer to run out. Um, but then, you know, it was like February or March of that year. I turned 38 in February, sorry, 35 in February mm-hmm. and I just, I couldn't do it anymore. So I started eating less thinking, okay, well I'm gaining yes. weight, I should cut back. And yep. that's another big thing. Like, in fact, my, my wife right now is trying to to not, not do a fad diet, but she's trying to just get her eating on the right track in yep. general, trying to change the diet as a whole yep. uh, lifestyle, if you will. Um, but she's having a hard time with the initial aspect of it because she's maybe not eating enough. And I'm like, eat more. Like yeah, you don't exactly. feel good because you need to eat more of this you healthy, do. good for you. Food. That
1: changed my life. Cause women are, eat more. Like I honestly was told eat more to lose weight. And it's, we may not like, we're like lay people. We're not like professionals. A fitness person, if you talk to a fitness person, when I lost the weight, I was like, well, I just started eating more and lifting heavy. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, no, people don't know that. Like people think do your calorie, watch, uh, do your calorie, do your cardio, watch your calories. So I was barely eating, doing my cardio, thinking calories in versus calories out. I'm burning, I'm gonna lose weight. I wasn't that hungry because my metabolism shut off. Right. And the only way- fight or flight. yeah, Yeah. The only way to turn it back on is eating more often. Eat clean, like you can tell your wife, it's hard to process eating more, but if she eats clean yes. every couple of hours, you're going to turn your metabolism back on. You're going to notice you're hungry more. So I eat literally every couple of hours. I'm hungry all the time because my body's burning. When I was doing cardio Should I get all the you time, something? You've yeah, been here I for mean, a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to need to step out in a second. Um, but I, I would eat clean, but often I lost five pounds by the end of the second week. I, yeah. I actually I downloaded an app. Um, My fitness pal is one, and that's what told me that I was under eating. So it's like as much as you put in your exercise, as much as I was working out, I needed 900 more calories a day Mm -hmm. that my body wasn't getting, so it just shut off and went into starvation mode. So as soon as I started eating again, it was like, okay, started burning. I literally eat whatever I want now. But it's because I put muscle on my body and I'm constantly eating. You can eat what you want. You can go to a restaurant and get what you want, but maybe don't eat it all in one sitting. Like, if there's fish tacos on the menu, I'm getting fish tacos. (laughs) But think there's usually, like, three. So I eat one. And then you listen to your body. If I'm not starving and I, I feel, like, content after eating one, I take two home. Literally, like, an hour. I'll get home and be, like, hungry, and so I'll eat the other one. I still get what I want, so I don't feel deprived. But maybe I'm not, like eating it all. Like I'm not bombing my body with three big meals a day. Right. I eat when I'm hungry. Yeah. I spread it out, but I don't feel like, well, I couldn't get the fish tacos. Get the fish tacos. Maybe swap out the fries uh, for a salad. Right. Or if you really want the fries and you're going to feel deprived, get the fries and only eat like a few of them. Mm-hmm. So you got some, you don't feel deprived and you'll stick with the plant. It's just balancing it out and maybe spreading out the meals. I'm probably eating the same amount, but like I'm spreading it out so that my body's constantly metabolizing everything that I'm putting in. And I wasn't doing that before. And my body shut off.
0: One part in your book, uh, you talk about the family having to move to San Diego because your husband's job, uh, took him that way. And there seemed to be a turning point, at least the way that I was reading it when you went to a place called Crybaby Fitness. It was Crybaby yeah. fitness, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you're working on other moms. Yeah. How important to you is group activity? I mean, do you think that's a, a great is.
1: aspect? It is. It's, it's, it gives accountability. Yeah. So I, when I started, it was actually, there's a group of moms here that when I go and book my classes with them, they lift heavier than me. They run faster than me. And it's kind of up my game Yeah, because again, my obsessive personality, (laughs) I have to keep up with them. So if I, I let Sharon (laughs) beat me, forget that. (laughs) I, it's a big thing. They push me. Yeah, And sometimes during the class, I'm like, get out of here. Like they'll bring me heavier weights, but they have kids and I've seen what they've done with their body. They hold me accountable. Like if I have, the 15s, they'll take them and give me the 25s, and I wouldn't have done that on my own. So a group atmosphere has really helped me. It's it's kept me accountable. Some people, you know, they they don't have the luxury of being able to book group classes because yeah. they don't have childcare. So there's things you can do at home, like all the weights that you go to the gym for, you can find in your house. Yeah, a, a case of bottled waters, you can do squats with. Mm-hmm. Like there's your laundry basket, go up and down the stairs with your laundry basket. You can do arm presses. You can lift your kids. I have two toddlers. I put them on my back and do squats. (laughs) I use my infant son for um, arms. So they're a part of it. They're having fun. You're spending time with your kids and sneaking in a workout. There's no, whatever excuse you're telling yourself, there's something in the book where I'm not going to let you use that as an excuse. Try this, do this. So yes, accountability to work out with other people. But if you can't get to a group Fitness class, I got you in the book. You yeah. can work out at home on your own.
0: And you lay things out in yeah. the book, too. Like That was something that was cool, too. Is I, I've read a lot of uh, self-help books, fitness books, whatever you want to call them. Uh, you actually lay out your daily... Like, what you would eat in an entire day, yeah, kind of thing. People I, don't believe that yeah. I eat
1: all day. So, I was like, one day on my Instagram, I started time stamping. I'm like, meeting I'm again. This is what I'm eating. Here's a picture. Yeah. And I, I had to admit, like, th- I wake up in the morning and that kind of helped me accountable. When I have coffee, I have to have something sweet. It has <laughs> I to heard happen. you say this and I thought it was it so funny. It has to happen, yeah. but it makes me stick with my healthy eating plan yeah. because I know I can have that. So, maybe I won't have something later. I won't have that glass of wine later, or I'll find somewhere to balance it. But I start with that, and then it's like, here's what I eat for breakfast. Two hours later after I work out, I got I got a shake. Then I have a lunch. Then I have a snack. And people are like, oh, my God, you literally eat all day. And I had to, like, sh- I'll show people these, this is what I'm eating, and I'm down 20 pounds and have maintained it after two pregnancies. When I wasn't eating, again, 20 pounds heavier. I'm telling I know it doesn't sound right. Lift heavy, eat all the time, and you'll lose weight. <laughs> but trust me, you know yeah. I get the skepticism. I wouldn't eat carrots at one point in my life because they were starchy, a starchy carb. I gave up bananas for yeah. years. Oh, I still kind of. It's hard for me. It's, see, yeah, it's the, weird. The sugar, I'm not yeah. saying you got to
0: eat 17 no. bananas a day, but like but I that's had one today, weird food and I
1: felt it's fine. You have a weird food. Yeah. Like I stopped obsessing. I eat when I'm hungry. It's it's just so freeing mm-hmm. to do that. Respect. I respect fullness. So the whole intuitive eating, like eat when you're hungry, don't worry about meals. I would get done working out and be like, well, it's, it's going to be lunchtime in a little bit. I'll just wait till lunch thinking that I wasn't going to be, I was almost saving my calories, but my body was starving and I, I would feel hunger, but I'd be like, well, if I just wait till lunch, then I'm having less calories in the day. Am I, it's just the wrong approach. Listen to your body, eat when you're hungry, yeah. respectfulness, you know, stop when you're not hungry. Are you just like sitting there watching a show and just eating because there's more food on your plate? Like check in with yourself and just... It's, it sounds, it's, it's almost like too simple to It doesn't sound (laughs) right. But if you just listen to your body when you're hungry, eat and don't overeat, you know, eat when you're hungry, lift heavy. Those are my two, it will change your life. I promise you it's not all about the cardio. Your body will shut off if you're doing a ton of cardio and not eating enough. Try this formula and watch what happens.
0: This is the book that I think a lot of people, um, I guess I guess are like waiting for Squats and Margarita's name of the book, and the reason I say that is because it was born out of personal experience. Uh, you're not a doctor. You're no. not, you know, some crazy physiologist no. that's going to sit here and go, "This is the latest science," and, you yes. know, and, and, and feeding us all. You're not, you're not someone sponsored by a yeah. national TV network have that's an just doing <laughs> right. You, this is this is your experience, yeah. and you wanted to share it with other people because it worked for you, and you felt like this was uh, this was an underrepresented point of view. And and I think that it goes so much further because of that. Like, you are a normal, everyday mom that's kicking ass out there right now. And you're like, this is this is what I'm doing. I'm so Please. glad you said that because
1: I was so worried that, like, people are going to be like, well, are you a nutritionist? Are you a personal trainer? I'm none of that. But I figured out what to do, and I can tell you, and I'll talk to you like a normal person and not – your macronutrient level is da like right, and, and you don't try to dive no. into that, which
0: which is another reason why yeah. I I think it, it makes it more believable and relatable because you're not a scientist, you're not no. a doctor, but you don't pretend to be in no. the book either. Some people I feel like they 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 want people to they want that credibility. We'll go back to that no. word. They want the, that credibility, right. so they start using all these big words like macronutrients. Yeah.
1: But no, uh,
0: most people don't know what that means. Anyway. I take a this sentence is, to yeah. explain
1: what that is yeah. because it, I mean, it's important, but. I try to talk to you like we're just sitting here talking today. I'm not going to talk to you like a trainer or a nutritionist. I figured this out and I want to share it. I wish this book was here 10 years ago. Right. And because it wasn't, well, I now. wrote it. Yeah, it's, it's here, here now. now. <laughs> you wrote it and I'm
0: hoping that people read it and uh, and, and enjoy it and that you, know, you can reap the benefits from that as well. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think, there was something else I wanted to ask you and I, yeah. I'm drawing a blank on it right now. Uh, but life is good. And I'm just happy for that for you because reading the book, obviously I know you struggled uh, a lot throughout your life with different, you know, various things. So I'm just, I'm so happy that you have gotten to this point where you feel comfortable sharing your story. Yeah. You feel comfortable in your own skin. There was yeah. one thing in the book, this is what I was going to say, yeah. that really stood out to me. And it was, you know, um, I made this comment earlier today that you're an attractive woman. But there was the kind of thing that if somebody told you that, Years matter. ago, you'd be like, it doesn't matter what you think. No. I don't feel good right now. It's you know like what when I mean?
1: You, uh, anorexic people, they see they don't see how skinny right, they exactly. are. Exactly. It's yeah. they see something else. You
0: only see what you're yes. what you feel comfortable with in your like I I'll I tell say this all the time. Like I see a totally different image of myself than what other people might see. Yep. You know? Um so and it's really difficult sometimes to be like, yeah, thanks, but you know, yeah, there's other things matter. going on.
1: It, it's funny because ironically, I also wanted affirmation from people. Like I think about where I, I had lost weight and, like, why isn't anybody saying, like, you look skinny? Like, I need someone to say it. Like, right. does it even count? On one hand, I did want the affirmation. But then on the other hand, people are like, oh, my God, you look so great. I'm like, because eh. I wasn't feeling it. Like, but I feel miserable. You can't yeah. wait. Yeah. I was so – you're just, like, you're stuck and it's so freeing. When you're happy with your body, your confidence will be back. I used to be so insecure. My husband was a professional athlete. We dated in the height of his career. And it was like when other people – when other women would come up to him, it didn't matter how good our day was going. I would, it it was over for me. Like, I would just be in my head and be like, he probably wants, like, they're so skinny. They're so, why is he even with me? And I would just go to the dark place. Yeah, Yeah. because I wasn't secure in my body. If you make yourself a priority and you, you know, put yourself first and can be happy in your body, everything else falls into place. You're not mad about anything anymore. You're confident. And I wasted so many years, I mean, almost two decades, obsessing and spending seven days in the gym. Now, maybe four, never on the weekends. The weekends are for my family. And enjoying cocktails when I would restrict, and I'm the happiest I've ever been, that's and awesome. 20 pounds lighter. So balance, it, I mean, across the board, it's the best thing that I've ever found. It's a formula that I needed to share, and I really hope that it resonates with everyone that reads it.
0: Uh, Aaron, Squats and Margaritas, that's the book. Where can people get it?
1: Amazon. Um, Amazon. It's actually Amazon Prime. It's um, available in paperback and Kindle. Okay. And it's available now go get it
0: where can people (laughs) find out more about you where can they follow you and your travels and everything that you've got going on Um,
1: Instagram I am squats and margaritas and (laughs) my website is squats (laughs) and margaritas.com okay
0: squats and margaritas are the basic terms here (laughs) that you need to remember Uh, Aaron Washington the author of squats and margaritas Uh, seriously thank you so much for making the trip to Baltimore Uh, it's great to meet you finally uh, to talk to to you about this book I'm just so uh, I'm so excited for you I think this is awesome thank you so much Again, you can find Aaron's book, Squats and Margaritas, on Amazon right now. Thank you for checking out episode four of the Be More Well podcast. I'm Jeff St. Pierre, and I'll talk to you soon.